Bangor Worldwide has been promoting and supporting World Mission for over 85 years. Our podcasts are free of charge. You can find out more about us at www.worldwidemission.org. We hope you enjoy this talk. Hamilton Road Presbyterian Church is where the present missionary convention is held and where most of the meetings take place. Evening meetings were held here from the 1950s, but it was only in 1993 that the morning meetings moved from King's Hall to Hamilton Road. At the front of Hamilton Road Church, there is a sculpture of Amy Carmichael as a little girl. Amy Carmichael came from Malayan but went on to serve as a missionary in India, spending a good part of her life in Donover. Amy Carmichael never returned to the UK from India, and so she didn't speak at the Worldwide Missionary Convention. But other famous missionary pioneers did, including Watchman Nee in 1938, Gladys Aylward during her last visit to the UK in 1954, Brother Andrew, the founder of Open Doors, Elizabeth Elliot, George Verver, Jorge Vince, to name but a few. As we come to the end of this year's rather unusual convention, I want to thank those who have contributed to it and whose efforts made it happen. We're sorry that our speakers weren't able to be with us here in person, but we do trust that at some time in the future, they will be able to be in Bangor and to participate in the programme of the convention. I'd also like to give you a warm invitation to join us for next year's convention, particularly if you have never been before, so that you can experience for yourself this unique event. Stir Me is the title of Maureen Mateer's book, which tells the story of how her father pioneered and promoted the work of mission through the Bangor Worldwide Missionary Convention. The title comes from a hymn which was often sung by those who attended the Keswick Convention, asking that God would give them a heart for mission. We trust that your encouragement with the convention this year online will also have stirred you as the convention has stirred thousands of others down through the years to give themselves to the work of mission. Here is one of the verses from Stir Me. Stir me, O stir me, Lord. Thy heart was stirred by love's intensest fire till thou didst give thine only son, thy best beloved one, even to the dreadful cross that I might live. Stir me to give myself so back to thee that thou canst give thyself again through me. Stir me. O stir me, Lord, 
I care not how, but stir my heart in passion for the world. Strength within the sorrow. There is beauty in our tears, and you meet us in our morning with the love that casts out fear. You are working in our waiting. sanctifying us when beyond our understanding you're teaching us to trust your plans are still to prosper you have not forgotten us you're with us in the fire and the Understand your ways, reigning high above the heavens, reaching down in endless grace. You're the lifter of the lowly, compassionate and kind. Surrounding you uphold me Your promises are my delight Your plans are still to prosper You have not forgotten us You're with us in the fire Fire and the flood. 
times are still to prosper You have not forgotten us You're with us in the fire And the flood You're faithful forever And perfect in love You are sovereign over us You're faithful forever And perfect in love You are sovereign over us Let us join together in prayer. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the love with which you have loved us and for declaring and demonstrating the extent of your love in the birth, life, death, and resurrection of your beloved Son. It is in him that we are adopted as your children. It is in him that we have redemption through his blood. It is in him that we have obtained an inheritance that can never spoil or fade or perish. It is in him that we have been sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. Lord God, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Forgive us for the apathy and cowardice which holds us back from doing what you have called us to do in the mission of your church. We ask, O God, that as we come towards the end of this missionary convention, that you, the Lord of the harvest, will send forth more laborers into your harvest, to proclaim the good news to the nations and to build up your church in every land until that day when the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Lord Jesus, Saviour of the world, lifted up on the cross to draw people of all races and nations to yourself. Bless the witness of your church in this and every place and help us to finish the work you have given us to do in the world for which you died. We ask it in your name and for your glory, our living and victorious Lord. Amen. I absolutely love the week of Bangor Worldwide as we gather together in the mornings to pray together, then the incredible Bible teaching and in the evening as we hear from people, from missionaries right around our world of what God is doing. We're already beginning to pray through and think through and plan for 21 and 22. And you know, it's incredible that this ministry has been going now for, this is the 84th year, but it just doesn't happen. It costs money. And it, for that week, it costs approximately 30,000 pounds to run. And so in thinking through, how do we continue this ministry? How do we realize this vision that started all those years ago? And how do we engage people in mission and keep that profile there? And we would love to invite you to prayerfully consider joining with us, to committing to be a friend of Bangor Worldwide. If you would like to commit to giving perhaps five, maybe 10 pounds per month to enable us to continue this ministry. But in any commitment, any friendship, there are always two sides and we are going to be committed to you as well. We will send out to you a monthly prayer update of what is happening with the missionaries that we are supporting, enable you to pre-book for special events and our opening nights and pre-book seats. And as a bonus, if you sign up before the 31st of August, we will give you a free copy of this book by Gary Miller, Need to Know. 
our heart is to channel money out to the missionaries to serve these people that are coming, that are speaking, these partners that we have all over the world. Because while we all cannot go, we can give, we can pray. So as we step out in faith and as we plan the next few years, we would love you to join us because we believe as we do take that step and we believe that God will provide through his people, we would ask you to join us in praying that he will and this will continue so as we can pass this baton on to the next generation and the next. That someone is standing here in Ward Park in Bangor in another 85 years talking about what God has done through this ministry. Our mission input this evening comes from Pastor Hervin Fushikati. Since his conversion from Islam at the age of 17, Hervin has planted and pastored several churches. He is the founder and leader of the International School of Theology and Leadership in Tirana in Albania. In 2019, he became the Albanian director of Living Water Adopt a Child, a ministry which gives children in Albania access to life-sustaining basic needs. Following the mission input, we have a final challenge from Gary Miller on the gospel-shaped life from 1 John. Gary served as a PCI minister here in Hamilton Road in Bangor, then in Hoth and Malahide in the north side of Dublin, before taking up his current position as principal of the Queensland Theological College in Brisbane. Tonight, Gary will focus on 1 John chapter 5, verse 21, where we learn that since Jesus Christ has come and given us himself, we should stick with him and not settle for anyone or anything else. You might want to have your Bible ready when that time comes. Greetings everyone at Bangor Worldwide Missionary Convention and thank you for giving Adopt a Child an opportunity to be heard. I would like to divide my presentation in three parts. Who we are, what we do, and how can you be involved? The first one, who we are. We are a Bible-based, kingdom-seeking, disciple-making ministry that is reaching out the next generation of Albania. The biblical basis for our ministry are found throughout the Bible. In the Old Testament, as God was establishing the nation of Israel, He was giving an example of what God's kingdom would look like. Israel was going to be His people, and God was going to be their king. As such, they were going to be a light and blessing to all the other nations of the earth. It was in this establishment that God introduced the law which regulated the relationship between man and God, and men with each other. Through the law and the covenant, God was establishing a nation through three components. First, knowing God, and not just had knowledge, but a relationship with God, which in today's Christian terms would be called discipleship. The second, care for one another, otherwise known as social care and justice. And thirdly, a community where everything is expressed in worship. This community today is the church. The Ten Commandments, the book of Leviticus, Deuteronomy, 
not only express the heart of the law, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might and love your neighbor as thyself, but also put a great emphasis on passing what is to be established to the next generation. Deuteronomy chapter 6 verses 6 till 9 says that these words that I, the Lord, command you today shall be on your heart. You shall then teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign at your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them at your doorposts, at your house, and on your gates. This is what God's kingdom is and how it is to be established and lived. In the New Testament, in the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus, the Lord and the King, asks of us, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. At Adopted Child Albania, it is our core value to strive for the establishment of God's kingdom in our context at the heart of all the children and people that we reach by doing what is right, His righteousness. This leads us to our second point, what we do. In a broad sense, we are seeking to establish His kingdom. Originally, Adopted Child did this by offering social care primarily through feeding programs and evangelism. A few small church communities were taking root in spite of being predominantly Muslim towns and villages. Yet, as we celebrate our 25th year of ministry, in spite of the challenges of COVID-19 pandemic crisis, we are so thankful for what the Lord has enabled us to accomplish. 25 years to date, many of the children we are originally reaching and discipled are now equipped and in leadership roles. We are excited as Adopt a Child has entered into a new era of expansion, driven by a triad of ministry based on the kingdom principles that I mentioned earlier, which are composed of social care, education, and church planting. As these three components funnel to each other, we see more hearts open to the gospel through the various forms of social care in which we do feeding programs, we have life skill programs, we offer dental care and medical care. And as children are one to faith and discipled, they then progress and are equipped through our school of theology and leadership, Christian education, and eventually pioneer new church planting, churches that are planting churches on new frontiers. We're excited that through this triad of ministry, we are presently reaching 1,300 children in eight hard-to-reach, difficult roads, remote areas. We have approximately 100 students in our Leadership Bible School. And we're so excited because through our students, there have been over 60 new churches planted, which in return have opened so many new frontiers of opportunities to reach even more children. So this leads us to the third part of the presentation. How can you be involved? Before getting ready for this speech, I did a little bit of research on some UK costs on basic comfort needs, coffee. And I found out 
that an average type of serviced coffee would approximately be three pounds, three British pounds. Now, coffee in our today's society can be associated with necessity and comfort. On the other hand, mission is to be associated with sacrifice and leaving your comfort zone. So the question for us today is how much are we willing to sacrifice and leave our comfort zone? The cost of 10 served coffees in UK will sponsor one of our children for a whole month of feeding aid, medical care, life skills, education, and more importantly, will help us disciple and equip some of them into disciple making and church planting. The question for us again is, as we are challenged to seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness, minimally, can we make a long-term commitment of valuing God's kingdom over our discomfort and of sacrificing 10 coffees monthly? This takes us to what I call the minimal involvement for God's kingdom in Albania. Sponsorship. We seek long-term sponsors that will partner with our staff, churches, and volunteers and help social care, discipleship, education, and church planting. In principle, your money has more value if it's invested in God's kingdom for two reasons. The practical reason, because in the rural, remote, and marginalized communities of Albania, it can do a whole lot more than just 10 coffees a month. It feeds children. It gives them better medical care. It gives them life skills. But more importantly, it has a spiritual reason as well. It has an eternal implication. These children will be eternally grateful to you for enabling the gospel to them, the power of God for salvation. Other ways of getting involved are short-term mission trips so that you can see what God is doing through your sponsorship. Another very appreciated way of getting involved is becoming ambassadors of adopted child. This way, you can tell our stories, you can recruit others, you can mobilize your own church, and potentially even having your church partnering to do a new church plan with one of our students. Depending on your gifting, we would also love to have you teaching at our school or at our discipleship programs. On an end note, Romans 10, 13, 15 says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But then it continues, How shall they then call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? And how shall they preach except they be sent? In this unprecedented time of crisis, in our ministry in Albania, we're primarily thankful for two reasons. First, that like never before, the people in the areas we minister today are very open to the gospel. They are calling upon God and they are being saved. As life becomes more challenging and poverty is multiplying, and the governments and the politicians do not have all the answers. People are lifting their eyes to the heavens 
for God's help and protection. In spite of the lockdown state, the local governments and municipalities in the areas we operate not only have given us permission, but also have requested our help so that we can help the poor families or villages. So we are thankful for the open door to the gospel of Christ. The second reason we are thankful is you, our sponsors and our supporters. You who, with your prayers, your generosity and continuous faithful giving, keep enabling and empowering us to minister and reach out to the poor children of Albania. As the scripture says, but how shall they hear if no one is sent to preach? We are thankful and hopeful that through your faithful support, many times, even sacrificially and beyond your abilities, we can still go on and reach out the people of Albania, and in particular, the poor children. So thank you for listening and please visit our website or contact us to know more how to get involved. To God be the glory. May God bless you. shall all pass away no more tears one day you'll make sense of it all Jesus one day every question resolved every anxious thought left behind no When we all get to heaven What a day of rejoicing that will be When we all see Jesus We'll sing and shout the victory One day we will see face to face Jesus, is there a greater vision of grace? And in a moment we shall be changed on that day. And one day we'll be free, free indeed. Jesus, one day all this struggle will cease. And we will see glory revealed on that day when we all get to heaven what a day of rejoicing that will be when we all see Jesus 
Several years ago, we were asked to create a New Testament to celebrate the Queen's Diamond Jubilee. And within three weeks of it being available, three quarters of a million copies have been distributed by several thousand churches around the UK. And that had led many others to come back to us to say they would love to create a gospel or a New Testament that could be used in their community. I first heard about Biblica, the International Bible Society, because I heard of another church that wanted to have a gospel to communicate to the local community. And we then thought about trying to see if we can get a customised gospel just for this church community in Letchlade that we could share with our friends, with our neighbours, with our colleagues. We wanted to make this a really beautiful thing that people would actually want to keep instead of just getting rid of. So we contacted the local Letchlade Photographic Society and we asked these local photographers, can we use some of your local photographs to put into this local publication? And everyone said yes. So we were able to choose from hundreds and hundreds of beautiful photographs. And I think that made it look really attractive, but also really interesting to local people. And it was a nice talking point, a really nice way of getting um, the idea of the Bible across, but in a way relevant to this community. We have been given resources that we didn't anticipate or expect but are blown away by. These are approachable resources that Biblica have developed and worked alongside the Bible Society to understand and develop. I think we underestimate sometimes the power of God's Word in our hand and how freely it is accessible to us. It's something that they can understand and they can manage and they can slip in their pocket and yet feel comfortable that like something they can bring out 
and show someone else that is what sharing the gospel is all about. They need to feel comfortable about being able to do that. Having the resource is amazing and we couldn't be more thankful for that. Well, this is the version we use called the road home, which is significant to a driver. The inserts do show personal testimonies and they're all from drivers. So it certainly gets the drivers reading the testimonies and then they actually get into reading the um, content. Over the years, many, many of the drivers that have read the New Testament and the various tracts we've given out have given their lives to the Lord and changed their lives forever. One of our more recent projects with Biblica has been around what we call the Portrait Gospel. And this is linked with a really interesting initiative by one of the churches uh, right in the centre of Glasgow, where they have had an artist in residence working to actually paint a picture that corresponds to a story in each chapter of Luke's Gospel and tries to connect one of the stories of Jesus from each chapter to something that's going on in the city. It's been a terrific project because one of the things we love to do is to intrigue people about the Bible. This partnership between Scottish Bible Society, particular local church in Glasgow, and with Biblica has actually been really fruitful and still holds a lot of potential for people to really get into the Bible and to interpret it for today. When we were working on the Life Gospel, we wanted a cover that was eye-catching, a format inside that people would be familiar with as if they were reading a normal book, and we wanted an invitation, which is, was from the Archbishop of Canterbury, to read this book for themselves. He explains that he's a follower of Jesus, he explains how that's been a difference to his life, and then give an invitation to others to do the same, and to read the Gospel, to engage with it, and to find out more about Jesus. To bring our whistle-stop tour of 1 John to a close, I want to take you to the, the last two verses of this short and immensely rich letter. Here's what John writes from 1 John 5, verse 20. And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true, and we're in him who is true, in his Son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God in eternal life. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. A 7th century monk called Andreas, who loved nothing better than collecting great quotations from the Church Fathers, included this in one of his collections. Even at the end of this epistle, John never stops insisting on the need for right doctrine. And John never does. All the way through this letter, from the beginning, John packs in as much theological richness to every sentence as he possibly can to make sure that God's people don't lose their grip on the truth. When he says that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding, he's almost certainly alluding to a passage in Jeremiah 31, uh, where this, the same word, understanding, is used to say that God has written his truth on our minds as new covenant believers, with the result that we now know the one who is true, Jesus Christ. Now, in all John's writings, the word truth carries the savour of eternity. Jesus Christ is the one who is definitively true, according to Revelation 7. 
John says he's the true light, the true bread, the true vine, the one who speaks the true words of the true Father, whose ways and judgments are true. And now we know in the fullest sense that God the Father has revealed himself through the Son in the most powerful statement that has ever been made. We hear that Jesus Christ himself is the true God and eternal life. And what this means is that when we have Christ, we have everything. We've been caught up in the very life of God. John Calvin says the sum of it is that when we have Christ, we enjoy the true and eternal God, for he is to be sought nowhere else. We're now right at the top of the steps, looking over the entire sweep of the immeasurably rich, deeply Trinitarian, profoundly covenantal, immensely pastoral theology of First John. It's as if you know we've quickly run up the steps, but now we get to turn around and look back. And what do we see? We see that John writes above all else to enable us to say, I know that I am his. I know that he is mine. I know that in Christ I have eternal life, life with him and with the Father and the Spirit, which starts now and goes on forever. Remember in our, our first Got a little session on First John. I said that John is really writing to help people understand what it means to live the authentic Christian life, a, a, a blameless, wholehearted, all-in, no-holds-barred Christian life. How do we do that? For John, the answer comes down to simply Jesus Christ himself, to trust him, to put our faith in him, to be united to him, and so in him to find God himself and the eternal life that goes on forever. Because of Christ, we are joined inseparably from God, with inseparably to God and can never be separated. In preparing this talk, I stumbled across a passage in an old book, uh, Martin Lloyd-Jones' classic, Spiritual Depression, which sums up everything that John is saying here just beautifully. Lloyd-Jones wrote, the Christian position is a clear position. We're not meant to be left in a state of doubt and misgiving of uncertainty and unhappiness. Do you believe that the Son of God came from heaven and lived and did all that he did on earth, that he died on a cross and was buried and rose again, that he ascended into heaven and sent the Holy Spirit in order to leave us in a state of confusion? It's impossible. He came that we might see clearly. He came that we might see God. He came to give eternal life, and this is eternal life, that we may know the only true God. He pledged to do it, and he will do it, and you will no longer be an uncertain Christian, seeing and not seeing, when you understand this. You will be able to say, I see, I see in him all I need and more, and I know that I belong to him. John writes, and we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true and we're in him who is true, his Son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. These words are staggering. Can never really do justice to this. This is too big, too far-reaching, too sweeping. Almost too much. <laughs> and yet it is so simple. 
that in Jesus Christ, God has given us everything we need for life and godliness, and that by faith we've been joined to him now and forever. And that would be a perfect place to stop this letter, had not John added one more thing. Just look with me at the last sentence of 1 John. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. Now, the fact that John hasn't mentioned idols or idolatry at all in his letter has tended to cause some consternation amongst preachers and commentators down through the years who are not quite sure what to do with this reference. It might just be a warning not to get sucked back into paganism that dominated the Roman world, uh, perhaps drawing on Zechariah. It might be a catch-all. You know, idolatry is a great umbrella term for, for lots of our sinful behaviour flowing from the fact that our hearts are an idol factory. It's kind of helpful, but it doesn't really fit with the flow of the letter. You see, after dragging us up the steps to enjoy the view, it would be strangely out of place if John were to leave us with a cutting expose of our sin introducing the fact that our hearts are idol factories. Which is why I think that for John, this is first and foremost a call to live the beautiful life of the new covenant. It's a call to live wholeheartedly for Jesus. A call to be what the Old Testament writers called blameless. See, in the Old Testament, the, the mark of faithfulness was sticking with God and rejecting idols. Now in the New Testament, under this new covenant um, that, is, that flows from the death and resurrection of Jesus... God has given us so much in Christ. God has given us everything, in fact. He's given us love and life and truth and the ability to obey. So now John tells us, just don't settle for anything less. You are in Christ, verse 20. Don't settle for idols, for anything that can't deliver. See, I think his point is not actually specifically about physical idols or even, even, even idols of the heart. It's about anything and everything that would keep us from Christ. It's a call to live in the way which he has described, to embrace his kind of new covenant circle of life where we, where we trust God and share life with God and obey God and love like God. To hear, believe, obey, live, know, repeat. To hear, believe, obey, live, know. John says, live in Christ, keep yourself from idols. C.S. Lewis, in an article called The Slip of the Tongue, wrote this. If you've not chosen the kingdom of God, it will in the end make no difference what is chosen instead. Those are hard words to take. Will it really make no difference whether it was women or patriotism, cocaine or art, whiskey or a seat in the cabinet, money or science? Well, says Lewis, surely no difference that matters. We shall have missed the end for which we were formed and rejected the only thing which satisfies, which is Jesus Christ himself. That's John's point. And we know that the Son of God has come and given us understanding so that we may know him who is true and we are in him who is true in his Son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. So, brothers and sisters, as this very strange worldwide comes to an end, as we scatter across this world to live for Christ, what are we to do? Believe in the name of the Son of God that you might have eternal life and keep yourselves from idols. 
knowing that in the Lord Jesus Christ, God has already given us everything we need for life and for godliness. Amen.
Thank you for joining us through this week of convention. Before you go, we'd like you to watch this short video, which explains how you can give to the missionaries and the mission agencies which Bangor Worldwide supports. We need your help more than ever this year, since we are not able to take up our offerings in the usual way. You can give via text, online, or by check. So please watch the video, which will give you more details so that you can help us to further the work of mission across the world. Thank you for your support. Good night. We trust you've enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to make a donation to support the work of Bangor Worldwide, please visit www.worldwidemission.org slash donate.